Welcome to Travelogue, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler. I'm Laura Redman, the deputy director of uh, the website, and I'm filling in for Brad Rickman, our usual host of the podcast. And we have a really fun crew here today. I've got in the studio at One World Trade Center in New York City, Lale Arakoglu. And on the phone, we have Catherine Legrave and Sarah Lieberman, editors and contributors, respectively, for Condé Nast Traveler. And it is, what day is it? Friday, November 10th. We're taping on Wednesday, and we are gearing up, basically, for the holidays. It already feels like the holidays, because as soon as Halloween is over, I feel like Christmas stuff starts coming out in all the stores. But, um, you know, it feels like there's a rush around, especially in New York, but there's always, people are always rushing here. But, you know, the holiday travel rush is upon us, and we're here to talk about good reasons why you should consider doing the holidays somewhere other than home. I think uh, we've all done that kind of vacation in the past, whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, and we can vouch for it. And I mean, right now we've got Sarah on the phone from, are you in Paris right now, Sarah? Yes, I'm in Paris. Okay. And you are working on a piece for us, for Traveler, about this exactly. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So I'm working on a piece about um, spending Thanksgiving uh, abroad and not just here in Paris. I've been living here for three years now, so I've experienced three Thanksgivings. And for this piece, I spoke to a ton of different people from all over the world. I spoke to expats in London, Singapore, Hong Kong, um, here in Paris, of course, um, people who have spent Thanksgiving in Istanbul, and it was it was really interesting, actually. I, I would think the, the the funniest thing that I found out was that cranberries are a really wild thing to find anywhere else but the United States. Um, oh, that's kind of funny. Aren't they just like a northeast thing too? I don't know, but you cannot find them anywhere here in Paris, okay. and apparently in Asia either. <laughs> It's funny because I feel like not that many people like cranberries, but you still feel like you have to have them. Anyway, maybe it's just me. Oh, I don't know. Cranberries are like the secret sauce of Thanksgiving. Kind you of really? Find, yeah. You can find them in England because we have it with Christmas dinner. We have cranberry sauce with Christmas dinner. Well, that's the other thing, too. You're plan- You're trying to recreate a holiday that kind of no one else has other than Canada, and they have their own day, and they're kind of like, <laughs> screw you, America. We have our own Thanksgiving. You keep forgetting about it. But, I mean... What does it take to kind of recreate a really great Thanksgiving dinner? Sarah, what did you do? The interesting thing that I found out from a lot of the people that I spoke to was that even though they were recreating it for themselves or, you know, they wanted to be with other Americans, the most fun that they had was inviting locals, you know, or, or people who are from the city in which they were living and exposing them to this holiday that they've never got to experience before. And, you know, aside from the, all the, the wacky foods, which to us seem so completely normal, like a turkey or cranberries or, you know, mashed potatoes, to them is just, like, what are you making such a big deal about this, you know, this this turkey dinner, you know? Um, but a lot of them said that they they love it so much that many of the locals, be it um, French or, or British, would recreate Thanksgiving on their own, you know, e- even if even if the expat had left years later or whatnot. Um, I myself have not hosted. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be invited for the past two years, my first Thanksgiving, which I wrote in the piece, was that I'd actually, my first Thanksgiving was, I think it was six days after I moved here. I'm not quite sure why I did that to myself, but I spent it alone um, at a restaurant, which I had found out was doing 
a Thanksgiving um, menu. But I decided to do like the Americans do and show up at four o'clock. So <laughs> I ate by myself and with the restaurant's uh, Labrador Retriever because that was the only person <laughs> being in the in the restaurant. Um, so thankfully, since then, I made some friends. And that is was really also the other thing that everyone, you know, spoke about is that it's really just about, you know, meeting people and, and sharing this, this like this day with. With, with others and people you love around food and whatnot. Um, so that's been sort of my experience so far. Oh, dude, I sorry, I call you dude, apparently. Um, <laughs> I know how you feel. One of my very first Thanksgiving abroad was in Australia when I was 20. I was studying abroad at the time, and I was traveling around with um, another good American friend of mine. And, you know, you're two 20-year-olds. You're not a, you don't have a kitchen. That's one thing. And you're not about to drop whatever it was, 20 bucks for a two pound turkey and what are you going to do with it so we tried to find the closest thing to turkey and it ended up being kfc so we like fried chicken (laughs) mashed potatoes it was like the whitest everything was white um our whole meal mashed potatoes and french fries and just starch and turkey no chicken and then we had a bottle of really really cheap white wine and we had um, Lolly's making the best face right now, <laughs> and um, we just had it on like a picnic table in you know outside of Byron Bay, and it's very memorable. I have never had a Thanksgiving like that, and it kind of doesn't matter what you eat. It is. I think you're right, Sarah. It's kind of about that friendship and remembering what you're thankful for. Yada yada. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna like jump in on another angle here because I think what you guys are both saying, I totally agree with. It's about you know, spending it with people and just getting together. Um, so for me, I found that actually, as we all know, traveling in the States to see relatives can be really expensive for Thanksgiving. So for people who are thinking of like going abroad during actual Thanksgiving and maybe bumping their Thanksgiving weekend celebrations to another time, I know that sounds crazy, um, but I did this last year. Like it was more expensive to visit my sister in Oregon than it was to go to Copenhagen. And my my parents and I were supposed to meet there and they didn't end up coming. So there I was, you know, Thanksgiving um, in Copenhagen. But I just decided in my mind, well, today is actually Thanksgiving, but over here it's not. So I'm just going to go to a great restaurant, eat some Danish hot dogs, you know, (laughs) like just have an awesome day. And then my husband and I had our own celebration, you know, a few days later. It wasn't actually on Thanksgiving, but we did our usual routine you know we had turkey we had the cranberries we had mashed potatoes we watched the thanksgiving day parade and i don't know i just for me taped. what taped yeah the parade <laughs> totally i have to say the parade that is definitely something that i really miss even though i mean as i got older i don't really pay fully attention to it but it's you know you put it on in the background as you're starting to cook or, or whatnot and that with the time zone here it that becomes like a little difficult you know right so like what kind of things do you miss by not doing it on the day with the family like Lale you have you had Thanksgiving with your family ever um I mean you're from London so I'm from London so (laughs) no yeah it is an ordinary day um does no one thinks about it um I feel like the first time I sort of crossed paths with Thanksgiving was as a student and American you know, study abroad kids would do rather depressing Thanksgiving. Like a KFC Thanksgiving. KFC um, meals in their dorms together. And we'd all be like, whatever, 
don't know what this is going out get kind of drunk and yeah and um yeah so sag thanksgivings in dorm rooms was sort of my first impression of the holiday um and then when i moved to new york i you know obviously had never celebrated thanksgiving i didn't really have anywhere to go and so my boyfriend at the time now husband so word out um <laughs> invited me to his family's Thanksgiving and we'd only been dating for like four weeks. Oh my God, that's but, intense. <laughs> but that's, I just, a, that's a bold move. It was a very bold move. He was very drunk and then didn't <laughs> back out of it. <laughs> How many people were at the family party? It was just his, it was like, just. It was his parents, his brother and sister, and then his brother's kids who were all under the age of 10. Oh boy. And um, yeah, so I just sort of, said yes and we got the train to Pennsylvania and I remember sitting on the train and realizing it was really busy and that everyone was going to their various destinations for the same reason and being like oh shit this is like a big deal like I thought he was just like asking me to his parents for the weekend and now I'm gonna have to like (laughs) like this means something um was there anything about Thanksgiving that seemed particularly funny to you or like quirky Americans like what are they thinking um you know I come across a lot of those occasions in America um <laughs> but I don't think Thanksgiving was actually one of them I mean it sort of feels like Christmas day but even more relaxed if, if that makes sense yep um and yeah it was great I loved it um it was really relaxing and now I get to do it every year I think I'm lucky enough that I his I really like his family so <laughs> otherwise it could be a very different experience um but you know and it was funny because eating you know eating Thanksgiving dinner there were lots of parallels to what Christmas dinner's like it's a lot of the same sorts of foods apart from the fact that we don't put marshmallow with potato oh we, we shouldn't either I mean that's I don't know do you guys do that we yeah. do but French that is something for sure that the French and actually a lot of the other expects not just French but the other people that I spoke to in other cities, that that was one of the other dishes, in addition to the cranberries, that most of the locals are are just completely boggled by. Like, <laughs> why are you eating marsh? First of all, why marshmallows? And second of all, on top of your potatoes? <laughs> it's just, yeah. Right, because they're already, I mean, their yams are sweet potatoes, right? Sweet is in the word. Right. And why? <laughs> do we know why? I don't know. That's kind of a random aside, but do we know why they're marshmallows and potatoes? Mm. I don't know. No. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I didn't mess with it because it is quite delicious. It's like the, the, the green bean casserole. That's another, you know, sort of why why is that? I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> you know? I think I think another thing that's hard to find um, that's not strange, but also hard to find is like turkeys, the size of turkeys that we have in the U.S. Like, have you come across this, Sarah? Because my parents used to live in Germany and my dad accidentally discovered like a long time ago um like I think he gave somebody a butterball turkey as a gift um, that he had gotten on base from like that they sent from the U.S. And all the Germans were like, where did you get a turkey this size? So then for years, my parents, that would be their sort of like holiday gift to the cul-de-sac. They would just go around with these big turkeys that had bows on them. Wait, where did they get the turkeys from? So on base, on the military base, you can get any American um food basically like the u.s military will send over 
planes and stock they're called commissaries um so it's basically like a huge grocery store that has all american products so you can get in u.s dollars um and it's for people in the military or with government ids so my parents would shop there and they could shop so what was thanksgiving day like on a u.s military base in germany well i grew up off base um but on base it's it's the same. I mean, people celebrate it. There's football, you know, you can watch, um, the parade, although like Sarah said, the time difference makes it a little different, but it's really the same because they just have big Thanksgiving decorations everywhere. And it's kind of like this mini American community. It's sort of strange. If you've ever been on a military base, it's, it's a different, uh, sensation, (laughs) not only for holidays, but, year-round you know you go from a foreign country to a place that's everybody speaks english you're using u.s dollars um there's burger king there are butterball turkeys cranberries if you want them so it's different that's kind of interesting do you feel i don't know sarah during your research did you find out if thanksgiving's varied um expat to expat you know different cultures um i had a singaporean thanksgiving that I think was only kind of uniquely Singaporean in the sense that like kind of like you said, Catherine, that turkeys were hard to come by or a lot of the um, dorms that we were staying in at the time didn't have stoves big enough to cook a lot of the stuff that we wanted to cook. So it limited, it became like a potluck of whatever our favorite dishes were. Yeah, I definitely found a lot of that in terms of, in terms of cuisine, it seems like everybody I spoke to really stuck to, you know, the classic American cuisine. Like nobody was, you know, making, you know, adding some Asian flavors to their to their menu or, you know, in I spoke to a chef in Milan, you know, she wasn't really doing anything Italian, you know. Most people were keeping the menu items um American. But as far as hosting, yeah, I mean, for sure, I spoke to, I can count on my hand, most people spoke about, especially the European expats, the difficulties with appliances, not even just the oven size for the turkey and all the other dishes that you're going to cook, but the refrigerators, right. I mean, my refrigerator, the half fridge, you know, so like you, you, there's not much you can fit in there. So figure all the things that you're buying and storing and keeping fresh. So that definitely, um, people had said was an issue. And then in terms of buying the turkey, turkey itself, um, especially here in Paris, it's not really a thing that you see all that often. Um, not Certainly not in the supermarkets and at your butcher, not really. I mean, you have to ask for it. So most of the people I spoke to said that it do- they, they exist. You can get them, but you definitely have to ask your butcher for it and he'll get it for you in advance. And one of the funny things that I got from two people actually, um, I think both were, were in London or maybe one here too, but make sure to specify to have them pluck the feathers out because a oh, few of them no. <laughs> got a turkey and they were plucking feathers out. <laughs> oh, God. I think yeah. that I think that finding everything in Europe too small is the most hilariously American problem <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> so true it's so the opposite of america in america everything is huge (laughs) exactly it's amazing what you don't eat seven pounds of mashed potatoes (laughs) every thanksgiving somehow we don't (laughs) i feel like we used to substitute um rotisserie chickens for the turkey when we couldn't find it we would go to the local grocery and there was always something but you'd have to buy like six of them like kind of like 
with that in mind to sate everyone's appetite because at the end of the day do you would you want to eat turkey if you were given the option of having some like delicious rotisserie chicken it's so dry well also if you're in like singapore do you it's hot and you really want like a big roast meal yeah Actually, one of the girls that I spoke to who had spent um, Thanksgiving in Singapore said that that was one of the hardest things to adjust to was how, you know, you're used to Thanksgiving being in fall and the leaves are changing and it's cold and people are lighting fireplaces. She's like, but it was just wild because you're in Singapore and it's like 95 degrees outside and humid. So she said that itself was just a little bizarre. And then eating all these warming, cozy foods, it's just um, it takes a bit. Of getting used to right, and then going outside and sweating in ninety degrees. Right, that's that's enticing. <laughs> um, what about like what about Christmas? I mean, I feel like Christmas for a lot of people has an even more emotional pull, tug to go home, and you know the idea of going abroad for it. There's got to be some guilt laid in there, yeah. Like Catherine, did you feel super guilty not being home? Well, mine was my most recent time abroad. Um, it was kind of a mix. So like I was just saying how I liked spending Thanksgiving away from home. My most recent Christmas abroad was with uh, my brother and my parents. And my mom, you know, thought it'd be a great idea if we all went to Morocco for Christmas Day. Uh, It was, sort of. You know, I think we were all, it was that disorienting thing of being like, okay, it's the 25th of December, but here we are in this 85 degree weather and eating, you know, couscous. And it was really disorienting more than anything. Christmas was harder for me, I think, because we were all together, if that makes sense. Like if I would have been alone, um, it would have been really hard, but it was also just difficult because I was looking at my family members that I celebrate the holidays with every year and like, what are we doing? (laughs) Right. And you're trying to kind of recreate the traditions that you have, but remotely. I don't know. I feel like my brother and I, even though we're in our 30s, um, we used to always sit at the top of the stairs before we like went down for the beginning of Christmas morning. And if you're staying in a villa in Florida or something, there's, you know, there's just no stairs. There's no tree. You know, if we recreated a tree with like a potted plant in this villa we were staying in and we hung like three ornaments that we bought at Home Depot on it and stacked a couple gifts beneath it and we all like read Twas the Night Before Christmas in funny voices and then called it a day like that was that was our Christmas tradition. But then on the flip side years ago in London I had some friends from Australia over for Christmas and we were going you know we were in Hyde Park and they sort of turned to me and they were like why are all the trees dead and they'd never had Christmas in like cold weather where there are no leaves on the trees and it's freezing and gray and I mean I'm describing England here but right I wonder what people would think if they came to you know New York City where there are chopped up dead trees lining every street you know and And snow covering trash right (laughs) they're like very seasonal (laughs) I don't know would you guys I'm Sarah are you doing Christmas away from home this year I am, and I usually do. I mean, I actually, I don't, I'm a Hanukkah girl myself, but, oh, okay. um, which is not as big of a holiday, but actually we, we do sort of celebrate Christmas in my family just because my brother was born on Christmas. Um, and we are a close family and we do usually spend the day together cause it's his birthday and we don't celebrate Christmas and nothing's open. <laughs> right. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I actually, other than not being back with them for that celebration, um, I, I love being in Paris, uh, for Christmas. And I, I always thought it really interesting. Like when we would go away, um, for the holidays, like we went to, we went to Aruba one year and I remember having that same feeling when we would be in hot weather and seeing Christmas lights and that was such a jarring sort of sight to see. It just, it didn't feel sort of normal, you know, but I mean, here in Paris, it's obviously similar weather, it's cold, but you know, you have all the lights and, um, it's, it's really just so festive and, um, and, and you, they've got some, they don't quite have as many trees lining the streets as, as, um, you do maybe in New York city, but you definitely have a lot of that. And, and here you've got the oyster sellers on Christmas. It's huge to have oysters, um, in Paris. So the day of, especially you have all the fishmongers outside on there on, on the street selling the oysters, which is really cool. Um, so I kind of, I kind of like it. It's, it's, it's certainly festive. What's spending... So this will be kind of, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, what's spending Hanukkah like away from your family? Yeah, I mean, Hanukkah is, Hanukkah is a funny one because it's not, it's not as big of a, really as big of a holiday, I would say. I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that, but it's, it's more of a fun <laughs> sort of, you know, um, I feel like it gets lumped in with Christmas because it's usually around that time, but it's really just more of a joyous sort of, you know, um, I, I would say maybe it's a little bit even more spiritual than it is religious. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 the first year I went and found myself a menorah. Uh, and actually I started doing what I used to do in New York, which was having friends of mine over to my house. Uh, I actually don't have as many Jewish friends here in, in, um, I have one in Paris, but I now invite you know, all, all who are hungry, come and eat, as we say, <laughs> to my house. And I make potato pancakes and we light the candles and we do like a silly, you know, gift exchange or something. Um, so that's sort of become my little tradition here, here in Paris. I mean, that sounds to me like kind of all the great things about spending the holidays as an expat abroad in a nutshell is finding your friends to spend that time with and introducing your traditions to them. And, you know, just in the same way that when you're living abroad and the country you're in is celebrating its own holiday that you don't know anything about. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's like a really nice exchange of traditions. No, absolutely. Well, I'll have to tell you that this year for Thanksgiving actually is the first year that I'm actually going back to New York. And um, a friend of mine here, I'm not going to our, which, which has now sort of become a tradition. She was like, legitimately angry with me <laughs> she's like what do you mean we have friendsgiving this is like a tradition i was like i know but <laughs> going back this year but it is it's really nice the thing is is as as an expat like your friends become your family and that's just generally how it is and until or if you make your own um but these are the people who you're with all the time and you sort of want to start recreating um what you're used to from when you're younger and making your own new new traditions so I feel like there are some places that also do the holidays really, really well. Like for the last, I don't know, four or five years, um, my husband and I have been making a point to take a vacation between Christmas and New Year's. And last year we did like the 26th. So it's still basically Christmas. We did that in Vienna and Prague, which are basically little like Christmas mark, have some of the biggest Christmas markets. I mean, Catherine, you, you know Germany's markets really well too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what I've, I'm sort of doing the reverse because this will be the first year that I haven't. 
spent Christmas in Germany. <laughs> It'll be a reverse culture shock. But anyway. <laughs> what What is Christmas like in Germany? Do you Were you in Bavaria or were you somewhere else? Um, it's kind of what you, you guys were talking about being in Europe um, for, for Christmas or the holidays is really magical. You know, they have all the markets, which usually start right after Thanksgiving and go through Christmas or past Christmas Day. Some go up to the first. Um, and it's a lot of traditional foods. And, you know, the old town centers are all decorated. And I don't know, just lots of lots and lots of parties. It's, and St. Nicholas, you know, growing up with the tradition of leaving your boots out and getting them filled with, you know, fruit and nuts um, and not with coal, which you don't want. <laughs> um, yeah. No, he doesn't do that to me anymore, you know. St. Nicholas doesn't come anymore because I'm much older. Oh, that sounds strange. He but... doesn't bring you coal anymore, like you turned a corner or something. It right? no, was no, a real no, rough no. period. <laughs> Ten to Last 12. year was really tough. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love, I mean, it does feel magical. It feels special. And not that American Christmas doesn't, but, you know, with origin source of St. Nicholas and just the, the trees are so they're as tall as the cathedrals on the historic you know 12th century squares that they're in the middle of and everyone is out and about drinking like hot wine mold mold everything you know um eight kinds of fried dough i feel like it's just it's it's a very spirited time and it it give it puts you in the spirit even if you're not even if you're the biggest grinch in the world and you don't care well, yeah, mulled wine's something I've actually really missed in New York, um, especially because you can't drink on the streets here, so you can't <laughs> stroll around with your hot wine. And it was also devastating when I discovered that the hot cider here didn't actually have any alcohol in it. Oh, I know. And how, I mean, <laughs> like, what's the You're point? Like, I think I feel <laughs> They're like, no, it's just it's cider. Just, it's <laughs> apple juice. Where would you guys go if, I don't know, if given the option to just like plan a big break during Thanksgiving, your family was like, just go do whatever you want. Is there, I don't know. I mean, I think about it, like traveling over the holidays, we feel an, someone called it an obligation on our staff at one point, instead of a vacation, like you, you have to get on the plane. Our, our, one of our colleagues, Meredith Carey makes many trips home to Texas. She is like commuting to Texas all the time. And what if you could just go wherever? I don't know. I don't know. It's tricky because for me, partly in thanks to American vacation days, Christmas is often the only time in the year where I can actually go back to London. Um, so I think I've gone from thinking, oh, it would be so amazing to go to like all these different places over Christmas. I actually now like really want to just go home. And I know that sounds very corny, but um, I think, yeah, it's just, just London. I just want to be in London for Christmas. But if I wasn't going to do that, then I think I would probably go somewhere. If I was going to go really away, I would just like not celebrate Christmas and just go somewhere completely different. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say is I think it depends on if you actually want to go somewhere and and celebrate and, and you know, have a Thanksgiving feast or be, be there over Christmas or are you use, just using those extra vacation days or those times to sort of take a big trip. I mean, I remember one year on Thanksgiving, I booked to go to Buenos Aires and like, and we actually, it actually worked out perfectly because, you know, you eat so early on Thanksgiving. So we had, we were able to make Thanksgiving, we had our feast and then we flew that like evening and it was amazing because the airport was empty. I mean, nobody was there and it was such a, easy you know check-in flying experience and we ended up getting to have thanksgiving so sometimes it's good just to 
you know, use those days to go somewhere sort of far, obviously, I and mean, we all know that we're all travel writers and editors, but, you know, that those sort of shoulder season or extra vacation days are always uh, good to use. No, I, I totally agree. I feel like I've done my farthest trips in that two-week time. So, like, you can get to South Africa from the East Coast and do a proper trip. You can do Australia, New Zealand, you know. You really can bank one of the better vacations at that time. Although, if you're going to the other hemisphere, you know, you're there in the summer, it might be their high season, so you have to keep that in mind. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I think I I would love... Well, I'd love to bring my family somewhere. I think it'd be hard for me to kind of dissociate and just say, like, today is not Christmas. I'm going to do Christmas some other time. I I don't know. It has 30 years' worth of, like, tradition and emotional um, history pegged to it. Could you guys do it? Uh, Christmas is harder. Um, I mean, I think I definitely do it for Thanksgiving in large part because of the football connection. My husband's a football reporter, so he's almost never here for Thanksgiving. So it's kind of like... I'll maybe do Thanksgiving somewhere else with family members and he and I'll do our own or I'll just pretend the holiday doesn't exist and we'll do it another time. But Christmas, I agree with you that that would be hard for me. And I've, I've never celebrated Thanksgiving or Christmas alone. Sorry. Um, so I feel like we've all at some point spent Christmas in a country that is not our own. Has anyone experienced any like wacky traditions like Christmas traditions from another country. For example, like the first time I had Christmas in America, I searched New York high and low to find Christmas crackers, spent an unspeakable amount of money on them. And then when I took them to the Christmas dinner, I was going to like, no one knew what they were. Yeah, I don't know. What's a Christmas cracker? (laughs) Yeah, what is a Christmas cracker? (laughs) Everyone's missing out. What what is it? Is it a cookie? No, like a like a sort of long tube cardboard thing with like a little bow on each end and you all sit around the table and you pull them with your partner and it makes this sort of exploding sound and a toy and a hat and a joke fall out. So it's a verb and not a noun? (laughs) Experience my first Christmas cracker says the Jew over here in Paris actually at a friend's Christmas Eve dinner and I also had no idea what they were but I have to say now that I do I I agree that everyone is missing out in America that they don't have Christmas crackers because they're kind of awesome. Yeah and (laughs) drunk relatives wear the stupid paper hats and fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if this is a, a cultural tradition but before Christmas dinner um we will order pizza. We'll order an entire pizza and watch basketball. <laughs> Maybe like on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, yeah. Before the meal. Uh-huh. That we, everyone like... Well, we're up at like 7 a.m. still, even though we don't... We're not little children. <laughs> this is amazing. I, I can't I can't make it till like 4 p.m. I don't know. <laughs> I'm into it. All right, guys, so... For okay. me, sorry, just to chime in more with um, my, my being a Jew in, in, in over Christmas, but also here in Paris, because... I'm sure you've all heard the, you know, the Jews all eat Chinese food on Christmas, right? Because a lot of the time, nothing else is really open for us to eat. And my first year here in Paris, I, you know, wasn't even just searching hard and high and far and wide for a Chinese place because that wasn't that far. But it was it was trying to find someone to eat it with me. And there I was alone (laughs) (laughs) at a Chinese place. And but I was like in New York, that's like a normal thing. You know, it'd be packed with like tons of people 
Whereas here, it was just another night uh, at the Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. <laughs> Would you do movies, too? My, my oh, in-laws are Jewish. We do Chinese food in movies. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> That's awesome. All yeah. right. All right, guys. We're going to wrap up here, I think. And um, I guess I'll say early on, a very happy Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, etc. to everyone. Um, thank you very much, Sarah, for calling in from Paris. You're up kind of late. Thank you, Catherine, for calling in as well. And uh, we're just going to go around real quick and say where we can find, people can find us on social media. So, Lale. Uh, you can find me at Lale Hannah on Instagram. Great. Catherine? I'm on Twitter at KJ LaGrave, L-A-G-R-A-V-E. All right. Sarah? I'm on Instagram at Sarah, no H, G Lieberman. Great. And I am at Laura underscore Redman on Instagram. More importantly, you can find Travelog all over the place. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We record every week and we would love to hear what you think. Please tweet at us. It's Condé Nast Travelers also all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our stories. Uh, please follow us. Give us ideas. We happily take suggestions and turn them into full-blown podcasts. So tweet at us and uh, let us know if you're thinking about taking a vacation instead of an obligation this holiday season. So everyone uh, have a good weekend. Take care.